Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. Hey, thank you for tuning into today's podcast. So coming up on the podcast, we're going to be talking about what I refer to as human hibernation. I knew I'd say that wrong. Anyways, um, this time of year, uh, a lot of individuals are facing issues of depression, seasonal affective disorder, and uh, we're going to talk about some myths and we're going to talk about some facts uh, that are important to know. So Coming up, we'll be talking about cold uh, temperatures. We'll be talking about sunlight. We'll talk about all kinds of things that impact uh, the way that we feel during this time of year. And then we'll talk about uh, some possible things that that might help out. The big thing here that I want to focus on today is that uh, a better understanding of seasonal affective disorder, a better understanding uh, that this time of year can impact you, and what to do, what to expect more reasonably than than something you might typically hear. So let's go ahead and get started on that. Uh, The first thing that comes to mind when I think about, uh, you know, therapy and doctors, therapists, psychiatrists, uh, what, what are they going to tell you to do this time of year? What are they going to tell you when you're feeling down, uh, when you're feeling um, a little bit overwhelmed, you're feeling frumpy is what I call it. They're going to tell you not to go to Alaska, um, that type of thing, right? But what are they going to say? They're going to say, hey, let's watch your sunlight. Let's eat, do your fish oils, your vitamin Ds. Right. Uh, I used to say that a lot more, but I've gained some understanding over the last few years that has uh, put me in a place where we're going to do things a little bit differently. So the idea of sunlight, let's talk about sunlight and mood. The idea of sunlight is that uh, it uh, gets us charged up with that vitamin D, right? Well, that's not entirely true. One of the things that uh, so you can go out and sunlight's not bad. Okay, but if you're going out this time of year and you're frustrated because you're doing this solar panel thing, okay, people with depression, I, I, and myself included, I consider myself a solar panel. I get recharged by the sun. Well, you can get frustrated because you're going out, you're you're doing your fish oils, your vitamin D, and you're trying to get vitamin D from the sun. And uh, maybe it doesn't seem like it's helping too much. You're going out in the cold weather because your doctor said you need more sunlight, you need more vitamin D. Well, the reality is that uh, the time frame or the window for uh, vitamin D from the sun is about zero during winter time. I'm not saying stay inside. I'm not saying hang out in the dark. But we need to change our expectations. The idea is that the, what's going on during the um, winter time is the angle of the sun is not sufficient to produce what are called B-rays. So the B-rays have to come in at a certain angle. These B-rays are what uh, signal our skin to start 
uh, producing vitamin D. The angle of the sun has to be quite a bit higher for those B rays to pass through the atmosphere. And so it's nice. It's good to be outside. It's good to have the sun from maybe kind of a psychological standpoint. But the reality is, is some of these pad answers like sunlight don't particularly fit. So you go out, you you might take more vitamin D or what have you, you get sun because it feels good. But uh, try not to be too discouraged. You know, we talk about, for example, uh, where I live in January, it seems to be a lot of overcast and so forth. And the idea is we really feel like we're missing out on the benefits of vitamin D from the sun. Well, the reality is it, that's not true. We're we're going to be missing out on it anyways. Uh, it's not the best time to rely solely on the sun. Now, the other thing that comes in mind, so that's, that's uh, sunlight and the idea is, okay, we're going to do some other things rather than rely on sunlight. It's just not a fair, uh, it's, it's a myth, really. So cold temperatures, that's one of the things that I mentioned is, you know, what's going on with uh, cold temperatures? What does that have to do with, with uh, the way that we feel, with depression, with mood, anxiety, and so forth? And really, I like to think about the opposite of that. I've worked with a lot of doctors, nurses, and so forth, that they, their um, mood actually goes up during this time of year. What's the difference? Well, this time of year is the time of year where they love, they draw energy from cold temperature. They like to ski. They like to snowboard. They like to be outdoors. And and that's good. So it's not necessarily the cold that causes that as long as you like the cold. But for others of us, okay, the temperature going down brings down our outdoor activity. You know, my dog, his outdoor activity goes way down. He's kind of a wuss. And so you will open the door for him to go out and he just stares at you like you're stupid, right? So he kind of gains some weight. That's another sign of hibernation, by the way. Uh, we have a tendency to put on five or so pounds during the winter, um, which can be discouraging, right? Um, but that's part of our mind, our metabolism shifting during this time of year because of human hibernation. Anyways, the outdoor temperature or the outdoor activity tends to go down because it takes a lot more effort to go out to get ready and so forth in terms of clothing, in terms of ideas and things to do. Um, and what this, what happens with that is as our activity goes down, then also our cortisol goes up. Cortisol is this uh, neurotransmitter, this chemical that it's inflammatory and it actually fights against, uh, those of you that are on medications, it actually fights against those medications that uh, help with the serotonin reuptake and so forth. Cortisol is something that comes in and it it really kind of causes inflammation, like I said, fatigue and so forth. And so the medications may not be as effective. As a matter of fact, a lot of my patients, a lot of my clients, I talk to them about upping their meds a little bit through their doctor during this time of year. And so one more thought with that before we before we go to a break, melatonin, and many people take melatonin. So if we go back to what doctors tell you, they'll tell you, uh, and therapists and so forth, there's, you know, vitamin D, there's exercise, there's, you know, get out in the sun. But they'll also talk to you about melatonin. And that's actually a good idea. The melatonin is a, it's naturally uh, in our system. The idea is it's supposed to peak at about 75% level when we want to sleep, and it's about 25% level uh, in the system when we're not. But during the winter time, 
okay, our what's called our third eye, our, our regulatory process, but we're going to have melatonin levels go off. And the idea of melatonin, taking melatonin, is to help remind the brain when to release melatonin because those hours have changed quite a bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We've talked a little bit about cold temperatures, sunlight, those types of things that affect uh, the way that we uh, feel during the this time of year. And we'll come back and talk a little bit more about depression and seasonal affective disorder. All right, welcome back to Counseling on Demand. I am your host, Fred Riley. So we've been talking about uh, seasonal affective disorder and depression in general and the winter time you know this time of year uh, i see a lot more clients in the office and i'm sure you can identify with this where that mood seems to kind of deepen where we feel less motivation we feel more fatigue um, probably a lot less interest in things and things that we might have interest in uh, typically we they kind of go by the wayside because like we talked about uh, cold temperatures things like that and again really quick we talked about sunlight and you know, this time of year, we need to realize that uh, the the actual uh, bee rays, as they're called, they're not even uh, really getting through the atmosphere in a way that would be conducive to helping us with vitamin D levels. So a couple more things here regarding this time of year. Well, first thing that we need to go back to is um, part of this uh, idea is that if you're listening to this because you feel like you have seasonal affective disorder or because your depression seems to be deep, deepen, well, you're not alone. I see this all the time. Um, th- these are key factors, key changes. As the, as the uh, sun goes down and the time the sun goes down, the cold temperatures, we literally go into like a, what I call a human hibernation. We're awake and, and so forth. But uh, we change in terms of metabolism, which can change the way our meds affect us. And one of the things that uh, is really kind of a key indicator of this idea of hibernation is, is uh, if you pay attention, I'm sure you do, and we'll talk about this actually, is we actually even put on a little bit of weight. And people talk about, well, it's because of the holidays and so forth. But I've done some work and talked with a psychiatrist actually specifically about this. And, and we both agree that, uh, yeah, we increase the intake there, but not enough to make that difference. And so we were kind of hypothesizing about this idea of human hibernation. So going to this, so going back to this idea of metabolism and putting on weight and that type of thing, um, sometimes what I call frumpy, okay, we just feel gross. We just don't feel good. The idea is that uh, we don't feel like getting up and getting ready. Um, we don't feel very invested in anything. We may not, you know, get, uh, all prepared, make up whatever like we would because we're only going out to Walmart or what have you. And so part of this mood change, part of this seasonal affective piece is that we just feel kind of frumpy. We kind of just feel kind of isolated. And I don't know if you've noticed, but the more we kind of lay around and feel fatigued, we don't really gain any energy from that. And so our interest level goes down. We're more likely to hibernate, if you will, within the home, with our blanket, that type of thing, which is fine to a certain extent. 
But that frumpy feeling comes as we start to look at image. And what I mean by that is we have this, we start to have this image of ourselves as kind of sloppy and so forth because we're feeling frumpy, we, gaining weight, um, maybe dressed in a different way, um, frumpy because, you know, we, have, we picture, have you ever had an image of somebody where you feel like they're kind of there at a party or whatever, but there's least there's possible, they're not really into it. They're, you know, kind of baggy clothing, that type of thing. Okay, the idea is we have a more negative self-image of ourselves because we just don't have energy. We just don't put as much time and, and care into the way that we look, and we're actually dressing probably more for comfort than we are for anything else. And dressing nice is actually really important. We'll talk about that at, at some other time. The other thing that I think is really, really important, and this is important especially for um, extroverts, but uh, it applies to introverts as well. There's a great, during this time of year, you've got, uh, you know, like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, Outside of that, our social interaction drops tremendously. Now, social interaction, we're not talking about like texting, of course. That's one way to have interaction. But one thing we really need to focus on to combat, you know, the winter blues really this time of year is we've got to find different ways to have that social interaction. Obviously, that's going to be more uh, attended to and so forth in an indoor setting where uh, it's warm and so forth. But the idea is this decrease in social interaction. Um, we're kind of stuck in the household or what, what, whatever, what have you, with, them, with people that we talk to a lot, so on and so forth, not a lot of stimulation going on. Social interaction, what does that look like? You know, we're going to have football parties. We're going to play pool downstairs. We're going to try to get people over, you know, playing games. These are all great ways to keep that, that social interaction going. Does You know, you're more likely to interact that way versus outdoor activities where where you're going to have people flake out because it's too cold outside or because of the weather, because of driving conditions or that type of thing. So the idea, there's several things that can be done this time of year. One of the most important things, though, is to acknowledge that, indeed, it's normal to have this change, and we can kind of expect to have this change. And there, with that expectation, we can kind of put into motion some alternatives like let's not uh, get too discouraged over the sun and how it's not helping us. Let's uh, make sure we get outdoors um, in places where we're going to have high social interactions, but also provide ourselves opportunities indoors and realize that, hey, things are turning down. And so our mood and so forth is going to respond to that. It's really hard when you're feeling depressed, when my folks with seasonal affective disorder, it's not like uh, – imagine you, you understand this. It's not like you want to feel that way, even with depression any time of the year. But it's just kind of this foggy, gray, overwhelming feeling, and nothing sounds like a good idea. And so my idea is let's not wait for something to sound like a good idea because you'll hibernate all winter long. One of the things that I think uh, is very helpful is to say, okay, I'm not going to determine whether I do something based upon whether it's a good idea or not. When you're feeling down, 90, 95% of those things, especially if they require effort, they're not going to feel like good ideas. So we're going to try out all kinds of ideas to see, just really open-minded, just to see how things turn out. And there, even if that doesn't turn out well, you, in effect, are getting up and you're being active. So those are some ideas. Those are some things to think about when it comes to seasonal affective disorder or depression. We're going to be mindful of those changes. And there's some ideas of some things that uh, that we can 
do to kind of uh, deal with that mode and, and most importantly, be realistic with the idea that it's okay to have that response and we want to keep moving and we want to keep doing things to keep ourselves active and, and so forth. I am Fred Riley. Thank you for listening to this podcast on depression and seasonal affective disorder. Please be sure to follow me online at gettingbacktolife.com. That's getting back the number two life.com. Thank you.